0: Hello there, welcome to Grim Dark Bastards, episode 5, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, and a little bit late.
0: Indeed, by two weeks, apparently. Is it really? Yeah, due to a variety of reasons, but mostly due to the fact that neither of us had a voice, like, as of yeah. a week
1: ago. Mm. <laughs> we both got a bit of a chest infection, which turned into laryngitis. And Always fun. It was very quiet. For Especially the...
0: for two people that, like, work with their voice, you know, like, that's kind of rubbish.
1: Yeah, and uh, like to talk a lot.
0: But yeah, do, 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 do. it's
1: been quite hard.
0: Indeed. But it's, it's awesome to uh, be talking about the Black Library today. But first of all, some shout outs. Uh, I'm going to have a shout out to my friend Dom. Bless him. Hope he's doing okay and enjoying this on his commute, either to or from work. Bless his heart. And thank you so much for all of your community support on our page on Instagram at GrimdarkBastards and also our personal Instagrams at CountRuskillerMinies and Mel's Minis respectively. Yep. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the Black Library, some of our favourite Black Libraries, uh, the fact that we are addicted to limited edition Black Library books, and they are literally the best books ever, right, in terms of their aesthetics. Oh yeah, they're lovely. And also what we're looking forward to reading in the future, and any recommendations and stuff like that that we have to people and stuff, um... So first of all, when you first started, obviously getting into the hobby, you were su- you were hugely surprised by the amount of lore and and like books and stuff that were available. To yeah. the point where you were a bit like, oh my god, like what?
1: <laughs> I didn't realize quite how big the world was. Yeah. And and when you were like, there's books, I was like, oh, there's books, thinking like,
0: oh yeah, great, Manful. ten books. So yeah.
1: You were like, no, there's hundreds, like hundreds and hundreds of books, and I was like. Oh my god! This is this is crazy. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, to kind of have all the background and have all the law, and you even said you have friends that read the books. They don't play the game. Yeah. They don't do the models, but they actually just read the books because they like the law.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, and that's it. That's all they do. That's all they read. And we know friends of ours that you know just watch you know youtube videos about the law and that's it because obviously the law is such a massive part of this game and this community and like it alone could probably sustain people's like hot hobby habit weirdly just on its own kind of merit if that makes sense but i mean what what a well of awesome storylines for any kind of adaptation right like how mad would that be
1: oh well there's obviously talk of a, a an eisenhorn Series isn't there? Yeah,
0: I just hope the Mark Strong rumors are true. Yeah, that would be cool. He would be cool. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I could just imagine Mark Mark Strong as 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 Isenhorn, or or the great Henry Cavill as Valdor potentially as well. But there we go. Like, pretty awesome. So, um, before we get into some of our favourite choices and stuff like that, we're kind of addicted to buying some of the old limited editions that we love, right? Like, and getting hold of them is like hen's teeth.
1: Well, it's a little bit like... um, I used to go to Glastonbury when I was younger... Um, not that it's too old to go to Glastonbury but <laughs> just like I don't think I can hack it anymore and it's that getting up early and both of us being on our on our phones yeah. both of us trying to get onto the Black Library and, and get the limited editions and I think we've been very lucky, so yeah, far. I would agree with you. We haven't missed out on many, no. just setting that alarm on a Saturday morning. Yeah, I think a lot of us can relate to that
0: going refresh, refresh, and like, like doing it. Both
1: sitting there on our phones in bed going, Are you on? Are you on? Are you on? I
0: mean, because we both love reading, right? Like, and we both collect books and stuff like that. But like, some of the limited editions that the Blight Library make on a purely an aesthetic value are just stunning, aren't they?
1: Yeah, the limited editions are really beautiful, and you've now set up in Your like office guitar room, your own little black library. <laughs> I, I'm not even allowed to store my books where I want, they're all in Russ's black library. <laughs> I'm like, Don't you forget, some of those are mine,
0: uh, no, like share. mine, my own, my preciouses. <laughs>
1: we share everything, really. Yeah, um, but yeah, we've been very lucky, and then mm. we've bought a few things kind of secondhand off eBay, yeah, as well, just um, to patch
0: in some parts of the collection that we desperately wanted.
1: But yeah, I think they're really beautiful books and um yeah i'm really starting to enjoy what i've what i've read or what i've listened to so far because i think it's important to say we don't just read them we also listen to them on audible
0: yes i mean audible we're not this is not as possible because this is where normally people are like and now for audible it's awesome but i mean it can be really useful for people that want to paint and and listen to law simultaneously right and and you know i think we've both been really into that for various we're going to talk about some some of our favorites in a minute but audible is amazing for that so
1: yeah to listen to stuff while you paint or to listen to stuff while while i drive yeah true
0: yeah yeah or Um, before we when we sleep even
1: yeah to be fair i i like to fall asleep listening to something you not so much but i i like to fall asleep listening to something and so we either have some sort of podcast on or 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 game and um, we listened to kind of some D D campaigns but sometimes you put a a book on yeah sometimes that book upsets me
0: <laughs> tumours we'll discuss that later because that was funny i think we might have mentioned it in a previous episode but it i think it'd be worth another mention No as but i just
1: trying to fall asleep blah, blah, blah.
0: So, what we're going to do next is we're going to have a look at and talk about some of our favourites and, like, we're join in and stuff like that, but we'll do, like, one each and just, like, tag them until...
1: I mean, I don't think I have enough to do, like, one each. Fair. Because I've got, like, one main book that I've read and then the series
0: of... of well, you can cover oh, the series then to. and I've got some other ones that I want to okay. talk about as well, so that's fine. So, would you like to go first or second now, my darling?
1: Oh, um, I'll oh, put me on the spot. You, you've probably got more than me, so you go
0: first. Okay, great. So, I'm going to start off with... uh with a w-
1: <laughs> <coughs> Okay, you go first, my darling
0: Okay, yeah, great Okay, so I'm going to start off with uh, a, a, a fairly recent addition to the Black Library collection Which is Luther by Gathorpe um, So, for anyone that doesn't know Like, the Dark Angels has a really interesting part of their lore Where, like, they were betrayed by Luther and the Fallen And stuff like that And Uh, basically split the entire legion into two during the end of the Horus Heresy. And basically the whole book is all about Luther's kind of fall to madness and, like, the seduction of chaos and stuff like that. And he's just figuring shit out. He's just like... The
1: fact that Dark Angels are actually chaos.
0: Oh, what is this? (laughs) How dare you?
1: Heresy! How
0: dare you? (laughs) (laughs) And you're the Alfarius fan, so like whatever, dude. Like, like
1: I maintain he's good.
0: Oh, whatever. Like, yeah. Anyway, you cannot stand on your like thing of uh, the anyway. (laughs) Yeah, you know, just how to push my buttons. I'm like, (laughs) excuse me. Oh, you
1: get so upset when anyone refers to Dark Angels as
0: being. It's just so stupid. Like, it's like, no. Again, it's the read the book thing. Like, read a book, man. Like, come on. Like, no, they're not (laughs) traitors. But essentially, it's really clever because it talks about, um, it's it's basically all about Luther and the fact that, you know, on, on his kind of rise to power on Caliban which was the planet where the Dark Angels were founded. Um,
1: What if people don't know who Luther
0: is? Who's Luther? Uh, Yeah, okay, fair enough. So Luther was um, the guy that actually found the Primarch Lionel Johnson on Caliban. So when Lionel Johnson fell on the planet of Caliban, which is a death world, um, which is is basically like a neo-knight death world where it was uh, hunted, like the people that lived on Caliban were hunted by demonic entities that were kind of badass and scary and like ho- horrendous. And like these guilds of knights kind of were propped up all over the all over the planet to protect the indigenous people of Caliban from demons and stuff. And Luther is like the chosen one of all of those knights to kind of and he thought that he was going to unite all of the knights of Caliban together to, to rid the world of the monsters and be lauded as a hero and yada, yada, yada. Until, you know, he, you know in his middle ages, he found um, Mowgli boy Lionel Johnson, like, like, scrapping for survival where his pod kind of fell into the forest of Caliban and adopted the boy as his own kind of, like, surrogate son, so to speak. And obviously they were really close. And as Lionel Johnson kind of matured and got older, it was obvious that he was cut from a completely different cloth to, to a lot of the Knights of Caliban. And they became like best friends and like battle brothers and stuff like that. Um, but due to an unfortunate event where during the heresy, uh, Luther almost didn't prevent a, a assassination attempt on the lion and then came to his senses at the last minute... Um, Due to his own kind of feelings, I suppose, of, you know, desire that he should have been the chosen one rather than the lion himself.
1: Um, it's a bit of jealousy. Yeah, massive inad- jealousy.
0: Inad- see The lion kind of sensed there was something going on there and basically sent sent luther back to caliban during the great crusade in order to like basically help with the recruitment of dark angels and stuff like that and during his time that he was stationed at home luther just got more and more embittered and stuff and started discovering chaos not that he kind of knew what chaos was and he like summons demons i think he summons like a zinch demon at one point that like whispers stuff to him And yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and it's just cool and it's basically an insight into luther's headspace and basically, throughout the entirety of the novel, it's just inside Luther's head, and he's reminiscing about stories when he was when he was part, of, you know, when he was part of the whole guild of knights on Caliban and fighting horrendous monsters alongside his knight brethren, and also talking reminiscing about the lion, and also you know, his thoughts and feelings on the Dark Angels, because basically he's, at this point, been interrogated, and over the centuries he's being interrogated by all the different chapter masters of the Dark Angels, like where one dies, another one then finds out about Luther and and talks to him, and... All of the different chapter masters have different, like, personalities. And it's and it's just a really interesting insight into the Fallen, right? And it has a really cool ending, and it's just it's just really fun. So, for me, Luther's always been a bit of a mysterious one, his motives for betraying the Dark Angels. And he is kind of cool. Like, not to be a heretic about it, like, but he is kind of interesting. And I kind of would really love a model for him for, like, the 30K setting and stuff like that, but we shall see. But, um so my first choice is luther just because i'm a sucker for a dark angel story and yeah it was interesting to get into the head of one of the biggest villains that i know in the 40k universe directly linked to my favorite army really so cool there you go so what about you who are you going to talk about now
1: um, so I'm going to talk about Alfarius. um, uh, I am Alfarius. um, so it's Alpharius Head of the Hydra, which only came out last year, yeah, and, um, and we got the limited edition, or I, I got the limited edition, yeah, um, and it was interesting, because I, I hadn't heard much about the Alpha Legion, and then, I think either you were listening to one of the Siege of Terror books, yeah, and, and there was talk of the Alpha Legion there, and then, I think maybe we were watching something, maybe Major Kill or something like that. Or Wolf, maybe. Or, or Wolf or Roe, and, and talking about the Alpha Legion, and I started asking you about them, and you explained a little bit to me about the Alpha Legion and that, um, you know, they have been recruited by the Cabal and basically were kind of playing both sides. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's really sort of spy and a bit cool yeah. and a bit different um which is kind of something i i i like um i find some of the some of the a little bit kind of i don't know like two dimensional but i thought that this sounded interesting and then the book was coming out and i and and also the color appealed to me because i'm a the massive fan of Turquoise. um and i was just like i'm going to get that i'm going to get that i'm going to read it so it was my first black line. you were
0: humming book. and raving about it and like i think it was really interesting because like i don't think you regretted any moment of buying it because I remember like you reading it in bed at night and you're like, oh my God. And like that happened so many times where you just like out loud, like went, oh my God. And I was like, whoa, what happened?
1: Telling you stuff because I don't, I didn't know the law super well, but I knew enough to know that this was really disrupting some key things. And I think maybe now's a little spoiler warning. Yeah, true. Um, to anyone that doesn't know about this Alfarius book or wants to read it, because it does kind of flip some key aspects of the lore on its head. I think it's been talked about a lot now. It's been yeah, a year since it absolutely. came out. And also, one of the things at the beginning of the book is, it basically goes, I could be telling the truth, I could not be telling the truth. So, like, although s- this is canon, some aspects of it might be revoked later. Yeah. Because... Alpharis is a fucker. Yeah, Alpha
0: Legion lols.
1: <laughs> yeah, Alpha Legion. Just
0: just should we give people an insight into who the Alpha Legion are very quickly before we explain this?
1: Um, well, so I, I mostly know it from from this book, and I think it'd be interesting to kind of okay, s- sure. talk about um what happens in this book and and how they've been set up because most people only know the later stuff. Yeah. And they don't know the earlier stuff. So um The start of this book basically reveals that Alpharius was the first Primarch found.
0: By the Emperor, right?
1: Found by the Emperor, years before Horus.
0: Whoa! On terror. Yeah, man. That's huge. That is absolutely ginormous. So,
1: you know, and the Emperor's, like, super excited to find him. But because he doesn't know if any of his other sons are alive... Yeah. He basically keeps it a massive secret yeah, because he's so worried that someone's going to come after his son that he's found. And so it's only when Horus is found later that he starts to realise, actually, there's two of them alive. That could mean more of them are alive. Stands the reason, and, right? And so he celebrates it, but all the time keeping Alpharius secret. So Alpharius is kind of found... It doesn't say exactly how old he is, but it kind of implies maybe... I don't know, sort of tween kind of age, I don't know. Sure. He doesn't remember his beginning, but he basically grows up in the palace mostly under the tutelage of Malkador. Very cool. Um and he's basically trained to keep secrets and to to he's there to protect they want him to protect the intent of the imperium mm. and that is his only job to protect the imperium but he does that through ways and means that are sort of quiet behind the scenes
0: subversive was,
1: so very subversive but his whole purpose he is raised it's your job to protect the imperium and your job to protect the emperor yeah um and there's really cool scenes where he's playing like Regicide with Malkador and Malkador's like teaching him to like mask his thoughts and mask his brain. Um I don't know if there's a name for that. I keep thinking Legellemans, but that's Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> that's Harry Potter. I'm like, I'm mixing my <laughs> mixing my canon. Um and so there's some really interesting bits in it. Um and I'd I'd like to read I'll, I'll read the first one that I've got. It's just a short Extract which is really cool. Um, so, this is from Alpharis' point of view. Okay, cool. I have a gift. It's not necessarily a great gift as these things go. My brother Magnus can perform feats I suspect only our father can fully comprehend, let alone better. Shadows are Corax's home in a way they will never be for me. Lorgar can stir hearts and minds with his words. Sanguinius can, of course, fly. And how I have envied him with that. Not merely for the tactical advantage it can give. (laughs) Yes, we experience envy. I have watched Sanguineus soar and have wished for a moment that I possessed his wings. I doubt any of my brothers have envied me in the same way. But then, quite apart from the fact they have only known me for a few years, my gift is also less obvious. I can disappear. Mm. Not in the manner that Korax can, or for that matter occurs, should should he wish to. I can be exceedingly stealthy when I choose to be, and I have access to certain items which can exist, but where I excel is blending in. I cannot escape notice as such, but I can, if I try, escape recognition. I can pass as someone else, and blur the questions that might occur as to the details. No mean feat when you are such a unique being. I first discovered this ability during my early days in the Imperial Palace. Without it, I would have been discovered many times over. I was present when several of my siblings were first met by our father. Often, in fact, disguised as members of their own legions. Oh,
0: it's so fucking cool.
1: Lorgar never even blinked. He was so enraptured (laughs) by the Emperor. The lion's instincts were sharper... I could almost feel his sense that something was not as it seemed, but he never worked out what it was, or if he did, he gave no indication. Then again, few of us are inscrutable as the Lord of the First, as is one of the things I discover. I consider myself when I have in common with him. I was not at Angron's discovery, and I do not regret that. <laughs> it's a nice little chapter.
0: That's awesome. What a great excerpt to use there. That's really funny.
1: And it kind of... um. It explains what Alfarius does and what the Alpha Legion do. Yeah. So Alfarius can disguise the fact that he's a Primarch. He's one of the shorter of the of of the bros as as they are. Yeah. But he can actually kind of hide himself to, as just a normal human, and so he blends in with people. He blends in with his own Legion as well, mm. um, and essentially what the Alpha Legion do, which no one knew. The Alpha Legion were operating well before the other legions, even though they're the 20th legion, they were last to be made, and everyone thinks they were the last to be discovered. Actually, they were out there, and what they were doing was spreading the imperial interest, and they go, and they unsettle planets. yeah, And they unsettle worlds, ready for dawn and gilliman to come and take over mm. so they incite riots they plan assassinations mm. they do all this stealthy stuff that gets a world ready so when the imperium turn up and go hey join us we've yeah, got yeah, this beautiful yeah. you know imperial come, truth imperial truth be managed by the emperor. They're all like, "Yeah, because yeah. this is shit." Uh, but that's Alfarius going in and doing all the legwork, ready. So when when Dawn or Gilliman or whoever rock up, the planet's ready, and, yeah. and no one knows that they're doing that. That's and, very cool. And then what's also interesting is is later in the book you find out that the reason. Um, the Alpha Legion, and there's the whole I am Alpharius, is that actually some of his legion suggested they get medical procedures to look like him. So there's quite a few of his legion that have had, like, cosmetic surgery. To
0: look like Alpharius. To look
1: like Alpharius. So they can be Alpharius. So And so people don't know if they're actually talking to Alpharius or talking to one of his legion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. which is really interesting. Um, and there's a big section in the book about how he infiltrates the palace. Sure. Um, so he gets in like a transport, he infiltrates the palace. <laughs> so he's basically trying to prove that his father's not protected.
0: What, by and, the custodians? By
1: the custodies. And, and Constantine
0: Valdor! Well,
1: and this is what's really cool, and obviously, again, spoiler warnings, but his first kill of anyone is the custodies. That's fucked. He kills the custodies, he then dresses as the custodies. Hides as a custodian <laughs> manages to get on a rooftop, ends up having a fight with Valdor, which is only stopped.
0: That with, is beyond epic.
1: It, yes, he has this fight on a rooftop with Valdor, which is only stopped by Malkador <laughs> mentally shouting at the two of them to knock it off. <laughs> because they're on a rooftop. Rafiki each other,
0: yeah, like, like he's just sit like, down.
1: Yeah, he's just like, stop it you two then. And he's like, you're supposed to be stealthy. Like, that's not fucking stealthy fighting Valdor on a rooftop. <laughs> like, I'm obviously paraphrasing. <laughs> I'm sure Maldor, Malkador must swear I think, but um
0: oh he totally does, but
1: then he's actually he's actually put something on the ship and he could have he basically shows Valdor that there's weaknesses and that is what eventually triggers the blood games
0: yeah
1: um so there's all that um and yeah, it's just really really interesting. <laughs> And then later we find out about Amagon, and I, I don't want to give too much away. No. Um, but later we find out about um, Amagon as well. But actually, what I'd like to just read another little, it's a slightly longer chapter. Yeah. yeah. But you loved this when I read this out to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm just gonna um, read this as well. I sometimes wonder which of my brothers would have done best had the emperor's influence not come into their lives. Lorgirl would have been lost, I think. I get the impression he knew a greater destiny awaited him, and he would never have been satisfied had it not found him. Of all of us, in fact, I think Lorgirl would have benefited most from being the one to land on terror. We have never been close, but I feel there is a yearning in his soul that could have been filled at a much younger age had he been in my place. Magnus found someone with whom he could speak about the great powers he's capable of wielding and I don't think he would have been fulfilled in the same way without my father's guidance. In the same vein, Fulgrim might only have seemed to wish adulation from anyone around him, but I honestly believe it did him good to find a being in the galaxy greater than him. It gave him something to emulate and aspire to, when he'd so easily surpassed everyone who surrounded him until that point. And of course, without meeting our father, he would have never been able to forge his confusing, yet obviously genuine friendship with Ferris. Gilliman and Dawn, by contrast, were masters of their own realms. Had the Emperor not found them, I am certain they would have continued ruling their populations, ineffic- populations efficiently, and insofar as can be judged, justly. In time, either both or either or both of them may well have ventured further than they had already, perhaps creating a little imperium of their own. <laughs> True. Angron and Kurs, I'm not certain that their lives were greatly improved by my father's arrival. In all honesty, the population of Nostromo has never, certainly never done well out of it. As for others, it's hard to look at, say, the Khan, or Rus, and think they needed the Emperor in their lives. They are free of spirits, it might be said, but this does not mean they are fools. Sometimes I wonder if Jagatai views the Imperium more as a means to get him to the stars than anything else, but that is of little concern. After all, any Turk tool is worth using so long as the wielder maintains control and focus and we are all tools of that i have no doubt i do not think many of my brothers realize this fact Mm. but russ is one who does he does not like me any more than rogel does in fact i would say considerably less but i found him next to me at a victory feast once (laughs) and we exchanged words he was drunk or seemed so I suspect this was a low ruse on his part, for our very natures allow us to metabolise all but the most potent toxins without harm. However, drunkenness seems more suited to the roaring fur giant that is Russ than it does to the patrician nobility of Gilliman or the dourness of Perturabo, and so might, uh, some might underestimate him. What are you supposed to be then? he demanded of me. I had not long revealed myself to my brothers and this was the first time we had spoken. I smiled at him. I am Altharius. Russ grunted in response. I asked what, not who. I'm not sure I follow, I replied. I doubt that. He took a gigantic swig from what was effectively a small barrel in his hand, (laughs) which reeked of the chemical swill femeridians called murd. I think I'm pronouncing that right, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's a crazy beer they brew.
1: If you insist, we are all an aspect of the All Father, or have a manner in which we serve. He has his Castellan, his Herald, his Siege Master, his Governor, his... Here, Russ paused and cast a glance over his shoulder at where Magnus stood some distance away. Sorcerer. <laughs> the Wolf King finished in tones of distinct displeasure. I said nothing. Russ had not listed himself in this speech. There was little doubt as to what his role was, at least to anyone who had seen the wolves fight. Russ has a fury in battle that is a near match for Angron's, but he possesses a tighter focus. The Wolf King is our father's executioner. I suspect at least one of my departed brothers could attest to that fact, although I have absolutely no evidence to suggest that is the case. Call it a feeling, if you Mm. will. So I'll ask you one more time, Russ said fixing me with a stare that would have reduced a mortal to a quivering wreck. What are you supposed to be? I smiled at him again. I am the one that keeps secrets. For a moment, I was not sure how he was going to react. Then his his face split into a wide smile that showed his long canines, the only genuine smile I believe I have ever been the cause of for Lehman Russ, and he barked a laugh. Ha! Well, in that case, I'm surprised there's only one of you.
0: <laughs> how, how correct he was.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and it's really interesting in the book. Alfarius talks about knowing that he has another half. Yeah. Longing for this other half, um, and knowing knowing that there's another yeah brother out there, and it, and it's really interesting because there's there's discussions in the book as to whether. They split in two, yeah, and they're two halves of one soul, yeah, and that's why they're smaller.
0: Yeah, makes sense.
1: Or whether actually it was all planned and there was always two of them,
0: yeah,
1: and 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 so it's whether the emperor knows there's two of them or doesn't know there's two of them. Sure, there's this there's this question of did he make two, or actually did they split and he doesn't know there's two or
0: warp spaghetti or yeah, or any all, other so- thing. all sorts
1: of stuff. Um, and and it's really interesting at at the end one of the brothers meets horus um and you and you see the the meeting horus um they always say they're alfarius but is it alfarius or is it Omegon? interesting um and yeah it's it's a i really enjoyed it you
0: had a great time with this one didn't you
1: is is it the first book i've read from the black library and and the fact that i was reading stuff out to you that was making you go
0: Whoa! yeah i mean what a great first book really and what what i took from that one of two things that i thought were really cool from that was a how insightful he is in regards to himself and his brothers right like incredibly sharp which makes sense if he was the first one found and also guided by malcador too right yeah yeah um and also, like, his relationship with other Primarchs. And, of course, being a Dark Angels fan, it was really cute of him to, like, be so cool with the Lion. And it kind of makes sense, because it's the Alpha and Omega thing of the First and the Last Legion. Like, like the Alpha Legion are the 20th Legion. The Dark Angels are the First Legion. So the fact that, like... He was, in my opinion, quite complimentary to the lion on a, on a couple of occasions. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, man. Like, that's well, really there's cool. a bit
1: where he he essentially hides himself in front of the lion, but talks to the lion. Yeah, yeah. But says he's, he's he doesn't reveal himself as a Primarch. He, he says he's just like a. a yeah, yeah. Astartes. Um, because he's like, if I can trick the lion, I can trick anyone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's really... It, and he seems to feel like he has more in common with the lion than anyone else. But, yeah, it's it's really interesting how it's turned a lot of the lore on its head or at least kind of twisted what people know. But then also there's this whole element of... of is it real? Is it true? Is it true? <laughs>
0: um,
1: but, yeah, I really enjoyed it as an introduction to, to the law, and I do kind of although I don't play them I do kind of love the Alpha Legion
0: well you don't play them yet I, th- I think you'll <laughs> play them at a 30k level one maybe. day maybe
1: but also I I maintain I think Alpharius is is a good guy because he and was Omega raised being by the bad,
0: them the brother the, he
1: was raised by Malkador he was raised by you know to, to protect the Imperium but I think the Cabal kind of made him realise you know because he wants to protect humans and protect the Imperium. So I think he did kind of do the almost greater good kind of thing. Yeah. But I think I think it's Omegon that fell, actually fell to chaos. Mm. Um, and I'm not totally sure which of them I think was killed. By Rogel. Because one of them was killed by Rogel. Mm. I, I personally, in my head, that was Omegon.
0: Yeah.
1: But they all think he's Alpharis because they don't know Omegon is this. Yeah, yeah. And Alpharis is still out there sowing seeds yeah maybe doing things maybe sneaky things
0: uh, who is that, is that Mike Brooks that wrote that
1: um are you asking me now yeah and, and I, I read an interview with him and he was really shocked to be asked to do it it was one of his first kind of big
0: projects big projects what a great project man Knocks it out of the park by the sense of things also Luther was was written by the almighty Gav Thorpe who's written some incredible stuff like over the years Dude, that was awesome. Thank you for reading those. Like that, I mean, great, great book. Highly recommended by The Sounds of Things as well. So yes. go and check that one out. Read it. Read it. Read it. Um, so I'm going to talk about one of my favorites and one that I read when I was younger called Troll Slayer by William King. Now, this book, you don't know much about this book at all, do you?
1: Nothing.
0: So this was set during the old world, like Warhammer, like old school Warhammer, like as in fantasy Warhammer. And basically, it's all about a relationship between a dwarf and a human. Called Go- Got the dwarf's called Gotrick Gunnison, and the hu- human's called Felix. And essentially, it's all about a fact that Gotrick is what they call a slayer. So, in dwarf society, in, in this fantasy setting for dwarves, essentially, dwarves are well armed in, in Warhammer fantasy, and um, and they're very honor bound, like extremely honor bound, even more so than the dwarfs from like Lord of the Rings and shit. Like, honor is fucking everything to a dwarf, in fantasy. like Klingons. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> less aggressive. Well, in some cases, less aggressive. But they always focus on grudges and honour and shit that you do will have consequences years and years and years and years down the line because dwarves are an elder race, like the elves in the saying, where well, they will potentially live forever if they get, if they or a very, very long time. So age is kind of a relative concept to one of the, you know, a dwarf. And essentially, if you do something dishonorable in dwarf society so you run away from a battle or you know you, you miss you, you know something really important like defending your lands or you know like your family causes you dishonor then in order to not be exiled from from dwarf society and be able to kind of find redemption in dwarf society you become what's known as a slayer where you dye all of your hair your beard your freaking awesome mohawk stuff like that bright orange bright fucking ginger like the most aggressively orange colour you could think of
1: more aggressively orange than my
0: ginger hair. absolutely <laughs> like proper proper aggressive ginger you go Moh- mohican and you basically hunt the most powerful dangerous monsters that are plaguing the old world and kill them or die in glorious combat and that is your fate and that is your fate as a Slayer. And essentially, Gotrek Gunnison is the most famous of all Slayers. And basically, he was um, chilling out in, in this um, city in the Empire... And this guy called Felix got drunk and basically got into trouble where he got thrown in front of Karl, the Emperor Karl Franz's carriage and was potentially about to be executed or run over or both when Gottrich saw him and basically rescued him from the street and, like, dragged him out and stuff. And they just formed this little bromance and, and, and went out drinking that night and Felix basically proclaimed that he would be the herald and a bar- bard of Gotrick Gunnison, and detail his epic deeds, so that when he died, he could take his information back to the dwarves. Oh, so and,
1: his, his
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's really fun. And they, they are this famous bro team that basically go around the Warhammer world, killing the most epic shit. We're talking vampires. There's Vampire Slayer, a bloodthirster of corn, in Demon Slayer. Giants the size of mountains in Giant Slayer, Dragons in Dragon
1: Slayer. I mean, I'm getting a theme to the title. Yeah, the like <laughs> they all
0: have Slayer, and the newest one is going to be Ibneth Deepkin Slayer. So no! So I can't remember what it's called. I think it's like called Kin Slayer. Oh, I can't remember what it's called actually, but it's going to be one of the future releases where Godric Gunnison has survived all the way into the Age of Sigma, and he's, and he's going to be mashing up some Deepkin in that one. So I might have to oh, get that what? one to read it. But essentially, um, yeah, Godric is, quote-unquote, well hard. And it's this un this sort of, like, interesting relationship between Godric and Felix where they're, they're frenemy, like, kind of, and also, like, the best of friends in as much as at various points in the series, because there's loads of but There's, like, 20 Slayer books. It's mad. It's, like, I've only read, like, the first four, and I love them. But, like, I kind of want to read all of them, in all fairness. But, like, Felix, over time, gets a little bit embittered by the fact that fucking Gottrick won't die. And, like, he's basically wasting his kind of very low lifespan life on following Gotrick around and putting himself into positions of fucking awful danger, like, really fucked up danger, putting his relationships on hold, like, he fell in love with a woman once and she died and stuff like that because, obviously, hanging around Gotrick is not going to go to plan, right? And he kind of becomes a bit bitter and twisted, but then eventually kind of accepts his fate that, you know, the gods have probably got something something in line with him and stuff like that, and it's going to be all okay. But, like weirdly and ironically out of all of the shit that was going on gotrick survived the whole fucking fall of the old world and is now a playable character that you can have on the tabletop in in age of sigma cool. which is fucking mad felix unfortunately is long dead but you can still have gotrick running around in his orangey glory slaying epic fucking <laughs> creatures which is really cool what do you think of that like do you kind of dig that
1: um yeah so that sounds that sounds really
0: cool actually that sounds really interesting yeah Gottrick's really got like the, 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 this is written by William King but like he like on the audiobooks the guy that does the audiobooks is really good and like Gottrick is like proper grumpy it sounds grumpy. Like
1: and, uh, oh it is yeah.
0: but Gottrick's well grumpy like even more grumpy than like like Geralt is and, and stuff and he calls Felix Manling and he, and, manling. Manling, and he talks about like buildings that are made by humans being shoddy. It's shoddy, Manling, and stuff like that. And he's a bit northern. Is, it's it, a, is northern? It's well good. You'd love it. It's well fucking good. Like, <laughs> and, and, and a lot of people love uh, the Slayer series. Like, like they're really cool. And God, Godric is a is a legendary character that you would not want to hustle or tussle with in in, in that world and stuff. Um, and he's a dwarf, and dwarfs are cool. End of story. The dwarfs are cool. They are cool, like like, and mate, they're well cool. Like I love I love a dwarf. In all fairness, uh, but that's like the only fantasy story that I've got on on this. Um, so that brings us over to one of our favourites that we both really enjoy, and then I've got some honourable mentions that I mentioned at the end. So um, Eisenhorn.
1: Yeah, Eisenhorn. The
0: greatest of all Black Library series.
1: Yeah, and we've... So we've listened to the first... Three. Yeah, we haven't listened to the newest one
0: written by the legendary Dan Abnett. I might. Remember. Yeah,
1: so they're all Dan Abnett. We haven't listened to the most recent one because we are currently listening to the Ravenous series.
0: Yeah,
1: and, and we're going to listen to the or listen or read the Beckwin, um series because we have got one of the who are char- well, both of the Beckwin novels. Yeah, we? yeah,
0: which are characters um, related to Eisenhorn directly. Yeah, so
1: they're they're characters that appear within the Eisenhorn series that are very beloved, and there's actually. There's like an order to read stuff and yeah, there's yeah, even yeah. short stories that that fill it in, which is why we're leaving the the last one until we've caught up with Ravana and, and Beckwin to kind of listen to it in, in order. But we we listened... It was the first one I listened to, I think. Yeah. The first, Eisenhorn. And for me, in my head, it's like I've watched movies. Like, they're so epic.
0: They're so good.
1: And, and they're spread out over many, many years because he's like... Hundreds of years old by this point Um, But it's really interesting Here, So he's an Inquisitor
0: Inquisitors In case people don't realise Are agents of the Imperium That have ultimate authority Apart from to other Inquisitors Or the High Lords of Terror and basically, they have the potential to eradicate an entire planet if they so wish. They are the highest ranking agents of irregular sort of people within the Imperium. They can pretty much acquisition anything that they desire. And there are three subsects of the Inquis- Inquisition. You've got the Xenos, or the Xenos, which are obviously anti alien or alien investigators and stuff like that. Uh, and then you've got uh, the Malleus which are the anti-chaos and, and stuff like that, and rooting out demons and stuff. And then you've got the Ordo uh, Hereticus, which are witches and psychas. And things like that, so you're antipsyism and, and
1: that's the three titles of the three yeah, which is great, which is a books. great name
0: of convention, but to me they are like almost like James Bond meets Warhammer right in a way because he's this fabulous he's this great agent and he's just like he he's so good. i can't under like can't undersell how awesome these well,
1: books are. Well and also the guy that does the voices on, yes did you look up his name
0: Toby longworth
1: amazing yeah, the guy that a- does the voices <laughs> on audible is an absolute ledge yeah like he is a legend several
0: times you would quote it in bed right where you would like listen to it and have to say it back because his delivery of some lines are just so good oh the,
1: what was the one you were trying to make me remember it was like the second book and you were like couple of twists looking for a good, okay, time.
0: good time couple of twists yeah a couple <laughs> of twi- i reround that like eight times where like i was pretending to be like a mutant like undercover with like a dude he's like just a couple of twists looking for a good time and i was like ha 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 and just like Howling with laughter Um But he's quite sexy He's quite badass Like And he really You really grow To love that character And all of his crew Like oh, all yeah. of his retinue You're
1: such a lovely crew Oh my crew, god And you care about All of them And, and how they grow And And You know His he, You ship him and Beckwin Really bad yeah.
0: Like <laughs> It happens Super
1: Super shipping um... Hashtag shipping Eisenhorn. <laughs> and what's really interesting is is how he um, starts very...
0: So we're going to say spoiler alert as well. Well, we'll do very light spoilers here. Like, it will not ruin the experience for you if you were to read it. But, like, his whole... Let's just say his whole attitude changes throughout the course of the books, right? Yeah. And his outlook towards, like, his, his uh, you know, his the way that he goes about his business changes.
1: Yeah, because in the first book, he's very straight down the line. Incredibly straight. Um, what do they call the people, the the um, inquisitors that are a bit more kind of open to using anything at their disposal. It's not rogue, it's what's the other Oh,
0: one. my God. Oh, my God, this is going to annoy me so bad. Like, let's just carry radical, on. Radical, radical. Radical, radical They call
1: them radical. So, at the beginning, he's very straight. He doesn't really... Almost
0: look, puritanical. Yeah,
1: that. almost puritanical. He doesn't believe in the radicals, and he thinks the radicals are sort of a, you know... Dangerous. A, a, a dangerous, almost heretical, even though they are actually, you know, inquisitors. For so the
0: greater good. But
1: then... He progresses over the books to actually using powers and using chaos himself for, you know, means to help, uh, to help, but he's essentially, like, any means at my disposal to help the Imperium, even if it's actually using the powers that I am supposed to be fighting against. Or
0: sacrificing himself in the process, right? Yeah, like- I
1: mean, obviously, he... he goes through stuff, Um, you know, you find out about him losing his hair and, there's like, he has an accident where he loses the ability to smile anymore.
0: Which Um, is so Eisenhorn. Like, when you read that, you're like, oh, fucking hell, Gregor. Like, that is absolutely you. Like, so funny. And
1: and getting enhancements and things to to live.
0: Yeah, because he prolongs his lifespan for a long, long hour time. Yeah,
1: I I swear he's, like, 140 or something Mm. in the the third book. Um, But also, he's, like... His relationships, and like, I think it's the third book where there's this whole big section on a train yeah it's very bondy like they're on a train somewhere this
0: is called sci-fi like crazy train across this planet <laughs> this frozen planet or something and like he's kind of getting off with of one of his exes who was like a nurse or something wasn't she yeah, like, you know, a, a doctor yeah
1: he's like he, he basically like fucks one of his exes and then he's fighting oh,
0: all he's these so fucking... fighting
1: all these insurgents I'm not
0: a that. massive James Bond fan I like uh, fucking kill me but I think he's a bit misogynistic and a bit of an asshole I mean, he is but but this is like a cool James Bond where he's fucking awesome, I like. I like. You know, he has this sly charisma that me and you look at each other when he says something, and we're just like, "lol, get in there!" Like Eisendor. Like, but there's also, you know,
1: a pop up.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 absolutely. The Imperial Guard.
1: Imperial Guard pop up. Eldar pop up.
0: Yeah, they do. With
1: with um, yeah,
0: Ravenna. so cool. Okay. Oh, my God, Ravener! Like, Ravener is another bucket of worms that we need to, like, read and talk about. And we might do a follow-up episode to this where we talk about Ravener. Well, we've and actually stuff.
1: Listened, finished listening to them all. Uh, This
0: is a point. Is like, the cool thing about Eisenhorn is, that, again, spider webs into all these different, like, characters that are all related in some way to, like, like, Eisenhorn and where stuff is at. And, like, I just think, even regardless of, like, the 40K universe, Eisenhorn's just a fucking great book yeah fucking great
1: even book. if you don 't know mu- you don 't know much about the lore. Oh, like brilliant it's book. really one really of my favorites interesting they 're really, really enjoyable like we just we just listen to them for hours whilst painting yeah,
0: yeah. and like yeah and 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 within the context of the forty k universe it 's even cooler because you realize like what he 's all about what he 's up to, and the forces that he 's dealing with, and you 're like, holy shit like. This guy is incredibly capable and, in, 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 scarily intelligent.
1: And you learn a lot about the Imperium and different planets and how the different planets operate.
0: Yeah. And the
1: different planets are also different. Yeah. Um, uh, they're just different worlds have different aspects to them, and it's really, really interesting. Um, and, we yeah, we're just currently listening to the first Ravenna book. Which is um, great.
0: Ravenna's cool. Yeah. Like, like honestly, like, like, again, without giving anything away, because that's one of my favourite in... Ma- it's Malleus, isn't it, where we meet Ravenna properly.
1: I think... And I think he's in the first book, and then it's in the second book he gets... Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Malleus is, like, the crazy fucking scene at the beginning, which, which yeah. I'm not going to spoil here, because my fucking jaw was like on the ground and I was like that is one of the boldest beginnings to any book I have ever fucking heard slash read and I was so impressed by what Dan did there and like set up like like so much to come do you know what I mean I think he knew at that point that he was crafting his own piece of the Warhammer 40,000 universe and it really shows because he really piloted effectively there and uh Yeah, if you're gonna take any story away, like for I think, you know, we've discussed some subjective favourites that we love. But I think everyone should read Eisenhorn that loves the story. Or listen to Yeah, or listen to. Like audio the audiobooks are fucking fantastic. Like they are great. I think they're just as good as the written thing. Um
1: well, we've just purchased in the 2022... Well, yeah, I was going to la- bring it on to library. this as like,
0: our next, like, final sort of slidey segment. But, like, because we we, that's all going to be the future books that we've ordered or the stuff that we... would like Because oh, okay. it was the Black Side Library yeah, celebration. we've just
1: now got... We've just ordered the the new version of... Uh, the annotated limited edition version. Yeah, so so if you Xenos. can get a hold
0: of it now, you might struggle, but if you do want a... a Brilliant fucking read, get your hands on um, not only Xenos by, which is the first Eisenhorn book but there's a there's a collector's edition and it's quite relatively cheap it was like twenty five quid or something wasn't it of like Xenos, uh, which is the first book but it's all illustrated in some fucking beautiful way it's got like red pages on the side yeah and and it's also annotated by Dan. So you can't wait to get your mitts on that, can you? Yeah, and
1: um, we're just waiting for it, but we stupidly ordered some models at the same time. and So it's all so going to be packaged be kind together. Of ones. But they, uh, we did see it in um, the Epsom shop at the weekend, so it does exist in some of the...
0: Yeah, it's shops. sold out online, but I'm sure you can find it in places and stuff. It's kind of going to be a book that I imagine will be really sought after in the future, but if you can find it for the, for the MSRP or close to it, then fucking don't hesitate picking it up, because it is... Stunning, and you won't be disappointed by the content inside. Um, and that's Eisenhorn. Like, uh, the less we say about it, really, the better because the more surprises that you will have. But needless to say, I think there's a lot of Eisenhorn fans out there that'd be like, Yeah, Eisenhorn! Woo, woo, woo! He
1: is a bit
0: of a dude. He is a fucking ledge. That's I think true. I would. Would you? I think Would so. Would you,
1: Eisenhorn? I think so. Fair Maybe play. young Eisenhorn. I don't know, like, old Eisenhorn. Just a couple
0: like... of twists thinking for a good time. <laughs> Dude, fair play. I'm not judging you. You go for it. Like, it's fine. <laughs> so on that bold note, <laughs> literally, ha-ha, <laughs> dad jokes, I'm getting them in. Um yeah let's talk about the future and what we're looking forward to so we just mentioned the black library celebrations which which fucking hell that was like a year ago before then that you know we've got to we we picked up some limited editions um and and yeah and there's going to be some cool stuff arriving i i got i managed to get my filthy mitts on a limited edition sigismund oh yeah so, I'm going to be enjoying reading that because I love a bit of Siggy. I'm going to talk about Siggy more on like the future uh, favourite characters in 40K and 30K that we'll talk about next time. Um, but I managed to get a hold of a, Sig- a Sigismund. Oh, uh, just before I forget, here are some other sort of like honourable mentions very quickly Gaunt's Ghost. Ibram Gaunt and the and the Tanith first and only incredible book series. Go and read that if you're into the Imperial Guard, or you just like sort of Kelly's Hero style war stories because Commissar Gaunt is the truth, man. Like he is awesome. Um, I also love Celestine by Andy Clark, which is all about my favorite. Like, if if you would quote unquote Eisenhorn, <laughs> I certainly would Celestine. Like, I have a bit of a, ma- a bit of a man crush on on the living saint. Bless her heart. And that's a beautiful book. I was I got very emotional when I when I listened to Celestine because it was incredibly sweet and touching and and like and kind of gave you an insight into the responsibility of a quote unquote living saint for the Imperium. Uh, I also like uh, Chris Wright's Lord of Silence, uh, which, oh, is, your which is which is all about the Death Guard. It, also, Chris Wright wrote Warhawk,
1: okay, which
0: is why you were grossed out by the head tumors. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we were listening to Warhawk in bed and when you were li- when it was like the chapters about
0: The Death uh, Guard. The
1: White Scars. Oh, it sorry. was cool. Yeah, when it was chapters about the White Scars. So I was like, Oh, this is cool. And then one night you just put it on and I was half asleep and it was a manky chapter about manky nurgle, gross as It loved- was so graphic, the descriptions. If you like that, if you like gross you probably really enjoy those. Well,
0: it, it was really interesting because that that very quickly that part of the story was all about how like like the Death Guard had just been turned into Nergly bastards, and they're just they're coming to terms with it, and they're just like, oh yeah, now I have a tentacle for an arm. That's interesting. And like and like it's like the surrealness of like. Oh, no. shit. And, like, and like. The, the, they were describing, like, all of the mutations and stuff. Yeah, and you were just totally vomiting. You were just, like, vomiting next just, to me. And I was just, like, oh, God, okay. And it
1: was also, like, early early stages of pregnancy where, it, like, I vommed at the air.
0: Dude, I recognise. So. Like, dude, I <laughs> totally respect that. Like, I, I totally, totally respect that. Um, and, yeah, and, of course, like, the Horus Heresy books. Like, Horus Rising is the first one. And, and like, the first like, I'd say five are, like, absolutely essential reading um, and are and a, a, a beyond brilliant um, and really set up your your awareness of, like, the Imperium and, and the Primarchs and stuff like that. So, obviously... And the Horus Heresy are a little bit, like, hit and miss in as much as there's some fucking outstandingly brilliant ones and then some that are kind of okay. Um, and then, you know... Some that you'll probably want to read because of your own sort of legion sort of loyalties and stuff like that. But there's loads of them. There's like 50 fucking Horus Heresy books, which is just yes. mad, which is just mad. Um, is there anything that you're looking forward to reading on the horizon?
1: Um, so I've downloaded to listen to um, some some Blood Angels books. Wicked. Um, Mephiston. Oh, nice. And Dante. And I also bought, I managed to find it on eBay, um, a book on Asterath, the limited edition of the Asterath. One of
0: the coolest covers of, I've ever seen. of
1: Mercy, and it, and it looks, um, really cool. And I'm really looking forward to reading that, because from what I've read about Asterath in the Codex...
0: Yeah.
1: ...I I find him very interesting. He's fucking awesome, And mate. his model's really cool.
0: Yeah. Um, It's not so, a pain in the ass to make! Fuck you, fine cast!
1: Yeah, that was hard to make. Um... But, yeah, so I, I want to learn more about, about the Blood Angels because, obviously, I, I play them. And I'd like to find, and I'm quite open to recommendations, actually, some cool Eldar books. Yeah. Um, Anything with the Harlequins. Yeah. And I know there's meant to be some really good books with the Unari as well.
0: Yeah, well, doesn't your have her own series of books?
1: I think so, and she, like, manages to, like, get into Nurgle's garden and stuff. But, yeah, anything um, Harlequins, if there's... Any particular books that have got good good stories about the Harlequins, that would be cool. Nice um, and I think I've also downloaded a book about um, the Deepkin.
0: Nice. Okay. Cool. Um,
1: going into Sigma a little bit. Sigma. But um, yeah, I mean, there's just so much, and it's finding time. I'm sure once I'm off on maternity, are oh, breastfeeding me, and me and Spud can just listen to some audio
0: books. Oh, that's great. The indoctrination has begun.
1: <laughs> just like listening to audio books whilst I'm sat here changing nappies and breastfeeding.
0: That's really cute. I could just imagine that being quite a, quite a cute sight. <laughs> that kind of actually melts my heart. Like, I'm such a softy. Like, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be I did just cool. buy
1: you a, a nurgling baby growth for I the baby. I know. I'm like, yeah. Against all my... There you
0: go, see. Internal... Well, it will be a poop machine. So, you know, like, it will be a chosen... A of a
1: little lord.
0: A little lord. Just a little or lord. little lady. Little lord or lady. True. <laughs> um... But I'm, I'm quite on the subject of little lords and ladies in Nurgle context. Oh, my God. They, they, the latest Primark book was announced, and it's Morty. Blech. Mortarian. the Pale King is the title of that one. And I will beg, borrow, and steal a limited edition of that. Like, that is absolutely on my... I think on my we'll just shortness. have
1: everyone we know, like, logging on that morning. I'm
0: like, please, I need one, please. I love fucking Morty. He is one of my favourite Primarchs, and I love the Death Guard, obviously. Uh, they are my chaos creepy, choice. Creepy, creepy moth boy. Creepy moth boy. Um and yeah so that's coming out at some point soon and of course the other primark novels that are left which are dawn which i don't think either of us are particularly bothered about
1: it might be interesting but
0: yeah but a big the big two which i think will be really fucking insightful will be sanguineous sanguineous Sanguinius. uh the best sorry the, you say alfair is really funny don't you? you do it like notorious big oh, what, style
1: when i roll well, i've got some dice yeah, yeah i've got some horus heresy dice and, and i roll them and they tend to like yeah,
0: like really good dice for they you. are
1: really good dice i don't want i roll a six and, oh,
0: and yeah that's what i do to annoy you <laughs> to be fair I, i'm not even mad bro like, i think that shit's cool um but yeah the last two i think horace Harris, sorry not horace heresy but primark books will be um uh sanguineous and horace Lupercal, which i'm actually really fucking interested in reading because for me horace was always way more interesting before he fell to chaos and like he
1: comes across as very charismatic in the Alfarius book. Yeah. Like and you can understand why how he gets other brothers in like to follow him.
0: Yeah, no. Well, there's got to be a reason, right? That like like he was so such a war, you know, chosen for warmaster and whenever you do see him in the Horus heresy or other books or the he's fucking so likable. You're like, "Oh my god, that's why." That's exactly why and like to get into his head. Because, obviously, all the primate books are taken from their perspective. You know, does he have, like, doubts? Does he have, like, insecurities? Or regrets. Like, or regrets, you know, like, where the fuck is this guy at? And, and that, to me, is fucking interesting. So, I would love to read that. I mean, Sanguinius would be cool because he's fucking Sanguinius and everyone loves a bit of Sanguinius. Um, but, yeah, but really, really interesting. But, obviously, please let us know your favourites. Like, there's so many books, and you know, we've got so much to enjoy, and uh, and there's loads. There's absolutely loads. Yeah,
1: recommendations. Loads. So, should we wrap this up?
0: Yeah, so next week will be the episode concerning our favourite characters. In no, it we won't. Well, yes, I was going to say, potentially our favourite characters, if we can. And, of course, the birth of the new Eldari book.
1: I mean, like, I think that's... It's a big book. I think that's going to be one a big episode. old book. I think that might just be one episode. True. We've
0: done a lore kind of episode today. It'd be a good idea to do a rules episode probably um, next time.
1: So, yeah, I've ordered the Eldari Codex.
0: And you got a limited edition one, you jammy thing. I get a
1: limited edition one and some dice. And, and Warhammer are trying to make me spend all my, my pay. <laughs> because the following week... It's one, Deepkin. It's Deepkin. So... I've got to buy two lots of new stuff two <laughs> weeks in a row. I mean, That's how they get you. That's, like, you were in Stitches when oh, you well, like like, so look was coming out next week. I was like, I've just bought the, the Eldari Codex and the Eldari dice, and now I need to buy the, plastic
0: crack. the
1: Deepkin Tome, and the Deepkin dice, because the dice are beautiful. Um, and you can never have too many dice. And,
0: and the Sigma books are fucking brilliant.
1: Um. So, yeah, so... Um, hopefully it should be getting delivered this weekend
0: It will, oh yeah
1: um, For me to dig into I've already, oh my already God, been watching dude. videos <laughs> And I'm, fe- I, I'm actually quite excited about the Harlequins
0: Because at first you were like, oh no, like this is not good well, it's, it,
1: When you've only been playing for a little while The idea of having to relearn your army is quite daunting Yeah But actually some of the stuff is really cool they haven't got rid of everything that I liked Including my favourite stratagem Which you thought was <laughs> going to be nerfed And it is still there <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god look at
0: you <laughs> ah. um, <laughs>
1: I, I mean I've got to reconsider How I load out my armies um, Because at the moment I've got them built in a certain way And painted in a certain way But now you can only have so many of a certain gun So like I can't have a whole troop Of, of fusion pistols But that's fine I can figure it out um,
0: but dude, you've you've been buffed in the most fucky kind of way. We'll discuss this all like next week, yeah. but I'm scared. I am fucking petrified. You,
1: you quake, you little emo boy. <laughs> quake in your green boots.
0: You like greeny creamy blue boots. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm screwed. Cry. I'm screwed. But <laughs> well, we do anyway. We're
1: coming for you. Wow. Well, in our clowny, clowny masks. You may
0: be coming for me, but you wait until Daddy Lion wakes up. Then we'll have. <laughs> then we'll have an interesting fight on our hands. <laughs> so, thank you all for listening. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode. And sorry it's been a bit late, but I think you can excuse us. And for this, this yeah, your, your
1: voice is starting to give yeah. out now. Oh my it's... god, I'm dying.
0: Um, <laughs> But ciao, everybody. Much love out there to all of our listeners. And we'll see you again on the next episode of Grim Dark Bastards. Thank you. Ciao, ciao.